welcome to the second episode of the Young Pro Show. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, I appreciate you guys. For the people that are listening for the second time, thank you. I love you, and thank you for tuning in a second time. And, um, yeah, I'm excited for this show. Excited for – I got a big guest. Big guest, as I put on uh, Twitter the other day. It's only right that I have this guest. It only makes sense for him to be the first one on the show. So I'm going to welcome our guest. A lot of you may know him as my co-host on The Nasty Fries. My guest for the first real episode that we're going to dive into is my man, Kyle Nash. Kyle, how are you doing today? Yo, Dominic, what is up? Um, I'm doing very well today. It's finished up with a run and uh, some dinner. Um, things are going well on my end. How are you doing? Good, man. I am uh, actually pretty similar. Got done with my run and got a quick bite to eat. And uh, now recording the podcast. Um, so Kyle and I, you know, we've been friends for a long time. We both went to Heidelberg University together. Uh, Kyle's one year below me, so he's getting his master's right now at Heidelberg University, his MBA. But we ran together at Heidelberg. We co-hosted the Nashy Fries radio show for several years. Uh, and then we did, you know, kind of transition that into a podcast, which is, you know, why I uh, kind of how I fell in love with podcasting initially. And yeah, I don't know. I think, again, the episode is going to be great having Kyle. Kyle has a good head on his shoulders. Um, you know, he, he acts like a goofy guy, but <laughs> got a good head on his shoulders and we're going to have a great show. Kyle's got some good insight for everybody. Um, so looking forward to it. I, I just feel, and I think it's because of our chemistry from over the years with the National Prize. I feel so much more confident on the air with Kyle in the with the interview in the studio with me right now. Yeah, you know, all the years of uh, uh, chemistry, kind of like a co-pilot for you. Yeah, basically, actually, that's a good way. That's a good way to think of it, co-pilot. Um, so again, at, you know, as our show, talking about young professionals, talking about people, you know, entering the workforce, entering the next phase of their lives. So, Kyle, we're going to start it off. You know, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Let's go back to young Kyle Nash. What were, you know, when you're 18 years old, what were kind of your career goals at that point? You know, I would say as most high schoolers and uh, kids like 16 to 18, you re I really had no clue what I wanted to do, especially uh, career-wise um, coming out of high school. So I chose the route that a lot of high schoolers nowadays tend to take and go to a four-year college and uh, I, I was always interested in sports and business so I went ahead and chose that route um, and I, I never really looked at other options such as uh, trade schools or uh, you know trained uh, jobs such as that but uh, for me I would say career goal wise I, I definitely you know from I don't know if the listeners know that much about where you grew up Dominic but I grew up around the same area you know, in the rural Ohio area, there's really not a lot of opportunity. Um, and also there's, there's just not really a lot of diversity out in this area. So I would say I was fairly closed minded on like what was possible. Hmm. So especially career goal wise, you know, I never really took into account um, options of cities like living in the city or 
working for bigger companies because there's really not that much out here, um, which is something I'm, I definitely learned a lot more uh, growing up. So I, at career goal wise, I really don't think I had anything planned, um, especially at that young of an age. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting you say that. Uh, you know, I can't say I've really thought about that before, but it does make sense that, you know, kind of growing up where we did like in the rural area that it just, and I don't mean it like in a negative way, but you just kind of naturally kind of had smaller goals and just like simple things and you necessarily didn't dream or, you know, at least myself and it sounds like you were similar, you know, and just didn't really think of living in a big city or these relatively speaking, like the goals necessarily weren't that big. You know, because it was just what we were used to seeing every day, used to uh, the businesses and the people, you know, in the area that is just, you know, smaller businesses, local communities compared to kind of, um, yeah, just being able to work for large companies, you know. I mean, for us, like large companies is Souders Manufacturing in Archville, right. Ohio, you know, compared to people that live in a city and it's, oh, well, yeah, we have. Ford is here, you know, like if you're up in the Detroit area and it's Ford and GM or, you know, whatever industry you may be in, you know, just having some of those big companies to look at goals to say, yeah, I want to get into that organization and kind of build my way up the ladder there. Yeah, most definitely. That That's probably how I, how I felt it more, especially just the amount of, um, you know, Sauter's Woodworking, um, Campbell's Soup Company. Those are all, you know, most of these towns are centralized by one big business like that. Right. Um, but you go into a city where you have 100, 200 businesses that size to choose from. Um, that really was something that I never really thought about until kind of got a little more into a more diverse environment um, and met new people and all that. So how do you feel like now your goals I mean, it kind of sounds like your goals have maybe um, expanded or gotten a little bit bigger, but like, you know, kind of more of a concrete answer like how have your goals changed since you were 18 since since i didn't have like a clear-cut goal when i was 18 at least career-wise yeah uh, i think they haven't changed a whole lot i think the biggest thing that's formed um for me uh for my goals and career-wise is you know what whatever company i end up working for or um you know give my time to no no matter what that company is a, I want to make an impact, and I really, I just want to be in the moment, make an impact, help people mm -hmm. at that company, help the company grow, um, and then B, I, you know, I want to enjoy my time there and really feel like I've made a good difference and a difference not just for the company but for you know anyone involved around it, whether that be suppliers, um, yeah, like uh, suppliers and customers of the company. Um, and I'm not exactly sure what that industry is in quite yet, actually. Uh, I'm kind of exploring all sorts of opportunities. But for me, those would be the number one and two things um, from for my career goals. Yeah, and that is awesome. I mean, I think those are two. And again, you know, those are, you know, for you with your, like right now, you know, you're still finishing up your education uh, you know, and then you'll get into the workforce. But I think that is awesome to hear you say those two goals that you currently have. Don't don't miss that. Listeners that are tuning in, don't miss those two. The one was be in the moment, and make the most of today, because that's all that we're promised. And number two is make the company and make the people around you better and make them feel supported and feel, you know, like you're a 
you know, have live in a way that people don't have anything bad to say about you, particularly within the workforce. I think that is awesome. I think that is awesome and two valuable characteristics to take with you into. And again, because those are, I mean, that's with any job, with any company anywhere. You know, that's not necessarily industry specific or company specific or narrow by any stretch of the imagination. So I think that is awesome. You know, and even you said you maybe didn't have those goals, specific goals when you're 18, but still now, you know, it's just with different experiences you've had with different working, um, you know, these are two things, those two points you just said were points that you would not have had when you were 18 years old, you know? Yeah, Um, you know, what 18 year old is thinking of all that an 18 year old is thinking about when they're choosing their major. I mean, it might be a little bit. What's going to make me money. What's going to make me the most money. Yep, um, and I know both of us come from a faith-based background, but at, I mean, that at the end of the day, that's not gonna, you know, I I feel like people are more important than that. Yep, um, and so at the end of the day, I I feel like that is way more important. Um, so, whew, whew, that's good. So, for you and these two points, you you know mentioned being in the moment and making your company and the people around you better, like. Do you feel like there have been certain experiences that you have had, whether it's been summer jobs, whether it's, you know, maybe something with class, um, you know, do you feel like there's been some experiences which have kind of like opened your eyes up to that and said, uh, you know, again, specific moments, you said, you know what, it's not about the money. It's not about, uh, you know, materialistic things that it's about people, you know, have there been certain experiences that you feel like kind of boom, that created that mindset for you um yeah i definitely think that um along my i definitely have worked for a lot of different places even if it was short time um but i i definitely think along all those different jobs um i've had i've had something that i can learn from every single job whether it was as simple as um, i had a job for an ice company whether it was as simple as bagging ice and delivering ice and being in charge of production of ice sculptures, like a small business of seven people, or um, it was a company that had 40 employees in a box office um, for a minor league baseball team. I feel like I could take good and bad um, lessons from any of those jobs and learn from them and, you know, use them to help, help mold how I want to be as an employee or, as a manager or yep. as a leader for different companies. So I definitely think for younger people out there listening to this podcast, it doesn't matter if you're I, this whole semester, I worked at a coffee shop, you know, and most people would be like, Oh, I can't learn anything from that. You know, it's a, it's a good job for me to just have and take care of it. You know, while I'm in grad school, it gives me good flexibility and all that, which is why I decided to go that route. Most people would think you can't learn anything from that. But learning is all around you, whether that be from the management, you know, just simple accounting costs, I mean, all sorts of stuff. So it's really about how you attack each day and every opportunity that you have. Kyle Nash, this is why I wanted you on the show, man. This is brilliant. And I love that because I feel like, again, especially generally speaking, I feel like most people don't have that attitude specifically when it comes to a summer job. You know, they think, well, I'm just here for three months. I'm here to clock in, clock out, get my paycheck and get out of here. 
and I don't really care about the experience. I don't really care about the people I'm with. You know, it's different if you have an internship, uh, but I guess I'm more generally speaking if you have, you know, like for you with the uh, ice creations, you know, and working the summers at ice creations, things like that, you, you know probably aren't going to turn into a career down the road, but nonetheless still having that mindset that, I'm going to learn good or bad, you know, take this opportunity, take advantage of this opportunity that I have, and I'm going to learn by the end of the summer about all aspects of the job, whether, yes, my literal, excuse me, my literal job, managerial aspects, and being able to have that mindset. I love that. I love that, Kyle Nash. Thank you for that. Yeah, and I do want to take a small step back. You know, I mentioned earlier that money is definitely not everything. You know, making money for your company and, you know, the company being successful financially, in the end, that is, you know, the reason that you get into business, you know, the underlying reason um, or that businesses run. But there's a lot of uh, access stuff that goes on during that um, and, you know, building your comp company or helping your company keep a reputable, you know, with its company or with its customers you know, help, helping your company in that sense, money's important, but at the same point, you know, it's all the little things extra that really make successful companies. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, right. It's not like, yeah, I didn't want to just throw that out there. Like, money. oh, who cares? Yeah, you know, right. who cares about sales or whatever. You don't need to make sales. No, you do. You, you do have to have a source of income, you know. But it's but. doing it ethically. It's doing it in a good way. It's doing it that, again, you're not shady. It's not ripping people off that, you know, as long as you are doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're going to make money, you know, that like, I'm a, right. what, no matter what you're doing, no matter what industry, as long as you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you, you know, you build up your client base or whatever. And then again, if you are treating people right, you are providing the service, creating some type of product for people that then they will refer you and say, Hey, you know, I was, um, you know, I got ice from this company, and Kyle Nash did a fantastic job, and I'm getting a nice sculpture from Ice Creations. You know, that's the example I keep using with those summers of Ice Creations. But whatever that may be, you know, that having that ethical, that solid background is going to make you money eventually. Yeah. yeah it's just definitely. not not trying to take the short route there or, or you know, sometimes people – but and I feel like when you said that earlier about it's not all about money, though – most people, I feel like when they get a job, they don't necessarily think about how am I making money for the business I work for. They think, well, how do I get money in my own pocket, which are kind of two separate, you know, conversations, you know, rather yeah. than, Most yeah, definitely. right. So let's transition into, you mentioned earlier about sports management, you know, kind of sports and business. Uh, you know, you ended up, you graduated from Heidelberg with your undergrad in sports management. Why? Why sports management? Uh, you know, what was kind of the thought process behind that degree? You know, when I first went, definitely when I was in high school, I really, like I said earlier, I really had not quite a clue what I wanted to do specifically. I know my guidance counselor had mentioned, like, what, what interests you? What are, what are you most, you know, obviously, so what, what are you most passionate about? I'll be like, well... I've been involved in sports since I was a little kid. Right. So right there is kind of set in my mind. You know, there's a lot of money in sports, whether that be obviously not as much in youth sports or anything like that. Um, but there's a lot of money in the sports industry, whether you go all the way up to pro, down to college, down to high school, you know, or right. even 
smaller than that. So I guess I chose that just because it's something that I feel like I could really get into and I could help make an impact. One of the main things that um, I love about sports, and this is probably a reason a lot of people, you know, love sports. They do so much for society. Sports are all around us. I mean, how many people are watching the big game and, you know, uh, it, they just do a lot for society, especially at a young age. The, you know, the sport in high school, it's not really in the, in the end, it's not really about winning and losing and there's no money in that for the most part. It's, it's definitely all about building characteristics and, you know, building young men and women to have, you know, good character and take those things into their profession to make our world better. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's like one of the biggest things about sports. Um, I'll never forget a conversation I had when I was helping Ron Martin at a running camp. And he told a coach, you know, my number one goal when I'm a coach is to make these athletes better people and then mm. better runners. And that is like the staple of sports to me. And it does have its bad sides and ugly sides at times. But I feel in general, you know, we get the best out of people when, you know, they're going through things like sports. So on the young age, for me, that, that is part of the reason. And then um, even at the professional level, so I was thinking about this, you know, that's one of the things I wanted to try to do, you know, give, you know, experiences like that. But once you get out of high school, how how are sports, you know, still impacting your life? in a different way. So um, once I first started my internship at the Act of Rubber Ducks, the uh, ticket manager or uh, operations of tickets, whatever, he had, you know, sort of meetings with all the interns. And I'll never forget one thing that he mentioned was when, when kids come to a baseball game with their parents, they're experiencing sport in a whole new level you're you're creating the opportunity for memories to happen with families so that's one way that um you know it's a smaller scale it's a double a baseball team so at the end of the day we're not really we don't remember as much about the players but you know as a kid you're going to remember going to the ballpark with your parents or with your grandmother or with your cousins or school trip all those things like that and you want to make that a positive experience so you know, for me, sports, even at the professional level, can be a positive thing just to everyday people, whether you're playing them or, you know, a fan of them. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Like, that is awesome, you know? And and that's kind of the whole point that I even wanted with this podcast is stuff like that, things that I would never even think about. With this situation in particular, like, that is awesome that this guy told you, and that's his mindset, and now that, you know, he's playing the seed with your mindset that, yeah, I mean, a double-A baseball game, and for kids that come to that game, even adults, like you said, it's not necessarily about the players, it's not necessarily about the baseball, but it's about the memories. And it's about, you know, that family atmosphere to come together, you spend time together, yes, you're watching some baseball, but at the end of the day, it's really just to get out of the house and spend some time with family, you know? And yeah. for you, working in that environment, it's being it providing an environment for these people to enjoy it and to be happy and to have fun and to be able to create those positive memories for their family in that time of their life. Whew, man, that is awesome. Uh, that is cool because that's something I would never have thought about, you know, about that kind of position without kind of hearing that kind of insight that you have. 
on the industry in particular. And, you know, and obviously we could go real in depth, you know, with sports in general. But, yeah, I mean, I just love sports as well. I feel like it just breaks all barriers, you know, that in today's society, everybody wants to be one extreme or the other. You know, they want to – everybody wants to separate themselves. You know, the media wants to separate everybody based on gender and race and age and political party and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, like sports, none of that stuff matters, you know, it, especially when you're a kid. Uh, you know, when you're a kid, but even as an adult, like you go to the local park and somebody's playing basketball, you don't really care about any of those details. You just want to play basketball with that other individual, you know. And that's one thing that I've always loved about sports is it literally none of that other stuff really matters. It's, hey, we have this commonality of this game, of this sport. Let's just enjoy it and have a good time. But then yeah. also being able to see from your perspective, like having that experience within the management and the sport, the business side of sports, but still being able to use that as a positive impact on your community and those around you. Yeah, you know, and I, I had a kind of hard time at first, you know, thinking about, okay, after college even, you know, how, what is sport good for, you know, other than, you know, building character? Because that's one of the things I think it's most beneficial. Kids that play sports, you know, they always take something from it. No matter, you know, good experiences and bad, you're always going to learn from sports. And I always thought, so what happens after college? You know, there's only a select few, you know, that 1% that might get to go play pro and continue playing. But, right. you know, I kept I kept listening and eventually, you know, I kind of got that answer of, okay, sport isn't isn't just, you know, playing it, but you can, you know, provide that for families and all sorts of, you know, experiences still, even after, you know, someone's done being an athlete. For sure. That is awesome, man. So let's kind of touch in a little bit now that I mentioned about you getting your MBA currently at Heidelberg. So how do you think that having that master's in that MBA, like how are you hoping as of now that that will kind of benefit you uh, with your future employment? Yeah, um, first and foremost, I think that um, if anything, it's been a great review of my undergrad in, you know, every class that I've taken. It's been a pretty good review of it's basically all your undergrad classes thrown into one year, kind of, but okay. a little bit, you know, less in depth and more problem solving. So first and foremost, it's been a great review for me for my undergrad classes. Um, and I think it's made the specific subjects a little more refined. Like I learned a lot in marketing when I was an undergrad, but I learned so much more um, now that I can take that base knowledge and then every, you know, every day and or every week in marketing, we had a case study with a group and a couple of ind independent ones. I can take just the knowledge part and apply it to situations. So refining the information that you learned and applying it a little bit more. I think that's one thing, you know, whether it help, whether it's on a piece of paper saying you got a master's degree or not, um, I definitely think that's something super beneficial for the NBA. And one of the things I've really enjoyed, like I said, so far, I feel like we've done a decent amount of uh, case studies as groups. Every class has at least had three or four case studies throughout the semester. And some of them have been in groups. I've had a couple independent ones. But in general, I definitely feel like those really help build working in a group environment because not everyone has the same opinions, you know, right. compared to undergrad where you had to write a paper with one solution or what you thought the solution was 
based on different facts given to you. Well, now you have six people that have different opinions and you have to come to a concise conclusion altogether. Um, so you can kind of work as a group, which is very realistic to the real world. So I, I think those are a couple things um, other than just, you know, getting a master's and helping me make myself more marketable. Those are definitely a couple couple reasons I've enjoyed pursuing my MBA. Yeah, for sure. And I would agree, you know, I would agree with what you said about the fact that, you know, your undergrad, it was kind of a lot about learning, you know, it was learning these terms, learning this stuff, which is great. But then now it's like you're applying it and now you're reading, you know, real world experiences and applying it to this situation and, you know, then providing reason to back that up. And, you know, and ultimately, again, that's just going to put you one step ahead of, uh, you know, most people at your age when they get into the workforce, because not only have you learned about this stuff, but now you extensively have thought about it and applied it in situations. So then when that comes into play, you know, within your first job, your second job, whatever, you know, you'll be able to say, well, boom, you know, naturally I've thought intensely about this before during my master's program and I can apply this to my current situation. Yeah. And I think even, how I mentioned group work, you know, the different, the different ways that we came across what idea we were going to go with, that will be beneficial because some people might not have had, you know, that experience of coming to a conclusion with, you know, different opinions. So um, I definitely think having, you know, a little bit of background on that might help me with leading when it comes to leading groups like that. Or um, if I'm in that situation, I will have a little bit more experience. So I can maybe help some people along the way. Yeah, that is awesome. And, you know, and that's a whole part of, uh, you know, mentorship is huge, you know, and I'm sure, you know, obviously you talked about Ron Martin earlier and both of us could probably go on and on about different mentors, you know, that we've had in our lives and being able to, again, use your experience and your knowledge you have now and think about in 15, 20, 30 years, whatever, being able to pass that on to somebody else, you know, as they are in our situation, you know, as a young professional getting into their lives. So next question I have for you, Kyle, is, you know, roughly kind of what, where do you think you see yourself within 15, 20 years within your career? Definitely, I'd say 15 to 20 years. By then, I probably would be, you know, at the job I plan to stay at until retirement. Because um, yeah. at, that, at that point, I'll probably have had a few jobs, you know. Right. I feel, that, I feel like you can't just settle down with one and, you know, I'd. I'll probably have had a few different ones, you know, maybe, maybe I'll get my dream job right off the bat, but, um, I feel like I want to get more experiences and stuff like that. So we'll see, we'll see what opportunities arrive, but I don't know if I have like a specific goal by then. I, I just want to be well-established, um, within the company, whether that be at a management position or a director position, I'm not exactly sure. And I guess I want to be able to balance family, faith and work. Um, that would be probably the three biggest things I want. I know it's it can get difficult at times, but I definitely want to be able to balance those three things. Because as I don't know if any of the podcaster podcast listeners know, both Dominic and I are engaged, not together, um, but we will be getting married soon. So I mean, that's something you definitely you know you need to take into account when you're uh, being part of your career because you know. It's going to give and take at times, but it's something that, you know, you need to keep into, keep 
into account, you know, make sure there's time for both things. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I don't feel like that's probably anything that anybody feels like they've ever mastered, you know, but just constantly keeping yeah, I, that I don't at the don't forefront of your mind, you know, and being able to say, okay, well, this is my time with my wife and, you know, God willing, my kids someday or, you know, my family, yeah, and the work and the faith and just trying to balance all three of them. And not that that's ever going to be perfected, but just to be able to consciously keep thinking about it and trying not to lean, you know, on work too much. Yeah, that's something I guess over those 20 years I want to follow down the right paths and, uh, you know, be successful at, at all three of those things. The mission statement of this show, Kyle, final question. What are you doing today to reach your dreams of tomorrow? All right, Dominic. Well, I got a I got a few answers to that. You know, the first one's obvious. I'm working on grad school right now just trying to uh, – get myself a little more educated and maybe be a little more marketable, marketable when I go to, uh, you know, apply for positions. Yeah. And then, you know, my next one is I'm reading quite a few books right now. Ooh. I got some different business books for Christmas and investing books for Christmas. Um, so I am in the process of determining which one to read. I've started a couple chapters on two of them. So I got to go one way or another. And then, you know, number three, probably just investing in myself and uh, trying, to, trying to, I don't know, set up a good routine with uh, how my day goes and how my weeks go. I used to do this thing where I'd write down five weekly goals every week, you know, whether that be we were both runners. So one, normally it'd be one mileage goal, um, one goal for school, one personal goal, and then two other random goals, whether that be do core four times or something that needed to be done, whether that be order textbooks or something right. like that. But just the comp setting goals and accomplishing them, that's something that I uh, I want to continue to do because that's helpful to at least see, you know, check mark it off that it's done. It's something, it's something that I, I feel is helpful. I think that is awesome. I can't say I've ever thought about that before in my life, but I love that. Just and that. I didn't I didn't always do five. There were some weeks where I really felt three goals was enough and it'd be something as simple as seventy miles that week. I I use the example order textbooks and then study five hours or something like that and you know, keeping keeping all those things in line or, you know, something to add like maybe read a book that's not a textbook and read three chapters of it that week. Um, I used to, I still do have the, I had a pad that had, you know, probably 300 pages on it and I just tear it right one, right down my goals, tear it off each week and put it up on my board. Again, you set those weekly goals. So it's something, a very short term goal, but also like kind of you briefly mentioned, but like, you know, once you get that done, then you feel accomplished and you feel better about yourself. And it's like, a, again, not like a falsified pat on the back, but it's a, being proud of, hey, I, again, in your example, it's I ran 70 miles this week or, you know, whatever that may be for the, uh, you know, your individual in the workforce. It's these are five weekly goals, maybe personal goals, professional goals, you know, household chore, household chore goals, things like that to, you know, ultimately at the end of the week, you know, just make you a better person, but also just feel like you're consistently striving and also feeling good about yourself and having that self-confidence 
when you accomplish those goals. Things that may be little goals and may be a part of your routine, but they're so a part of your routine, you don't really credit yourself for them. You just think, well, yeah, I mean, of course I do that because that's what I'm supposed to do. Rather than saying, again, having the self-confidence and the awareness to say, hey, you know what? Like, I'm proud of myself for doing that this week. This was a good week. Let's get after the next week. That is, whew, Kyle Nash just dropped a bomb to end this episode. I love that, man. I love that. Thank you for that, Kyle. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't say that you have to do anything outrageous either. Like, you can do a couple things that are a part of your routine. Like, running for me, that would have been a part of my routine. But put a couple things that might challenge you a little bit. Like, I, it, it could be as simple as, you know, today or this week, I'm going to go get some canned food and drop it off at a local, um, uh, can't think of what they're called, like soup kitchen or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It can be any, it could literally be anything, but do a couple that are more routine based. And that's partially how I set a good routine is using those schools. And then, you know, it kind of just creates itself because you see it every day. So, wow, that is brilliant, Kyle Nash. That is amazing. Invest in yourself. That is a beautiful way of how you are accomplishing your goals of tomorrow. Now you are actively reaching for it today. Thank you, man. Oh, dude, this was great. You know, obviously we've had a lot of fun at a lot of great times on the Nasty Fries, but it's kind of, it's cool to have a more serious podcast, you know, and kind of, you know, because that's one thing I've always appreciated about you, Kyle, that I feel like in partly why we get along so well is that both of us, you know, on the outside, we're both kind of silly, goofy, like it, it appears as if we're like carefree people and, and, and yeah, we do enjoy life, obviously. But at the end of the day, we're both very focused and very, you know, intentional with the things that we do on the day-to-day basis. So thank you, man. I appreciate you coming on to the show. Whew. Kyle Nash, yeah. this was classic. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me. I'm really excited for your uh, new podcast here. Hopefully we get some good listeners and good feedbacks. Feel free to ask Dominic some questions for me, and he can send them to me, and we can get answers out definitely don't don't feel like i got it all figured out because i'm not i don't have it all figured out but you know just keep taking it one day at a time and believe in the process i guess trust the process man classic uh jewel and you don't hey listen you don't you don't enjoy the outcome unless you take the whole journey you know it's just that much better Mm. oh my Hold on. Can you repeat that for me, Kyle? You don't enjoy... I mean, there's probably a better way to phrase it, but... You don't enjoy the outcome. You don't enjoy the outcome as much unless you take the entire journey. Imagine if LeBron, you know, was just given a championship but didn't put in any of that work. It would not be near as sweet as it is. Phew! That is gold. That is pure. I think I rephrase that a little bit better, but, you know, you get the point. Something, Something of the sorts. Yes, dude. It's all about the journey, man. It's all about it. So thank you, Kyle. Thank you for being on the show. Appreciate it, dude. Thank you. For the listeners, feel free to follow and subscribe to the podcast. You know, so then when we keep uh, having interviews like this one, fantastic interviews, you can just get automatically updated. You don't have to think, oh, hey, is it Tuesday? I should probably go to my podcast listening website and check out the Young Pro Show. You'll just boom, get that podcast show up for you automatically download it and listen to the show so thank you for your time again thank you for your time kyle listeners thank you for tuning in uh and we'll be back next week for the young pro show